welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. It's episode number six of Here to Thrive. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about stress and how we're managing it in our lives and how we can help ourselves when it comes to stress. So I mentioned that I was going to be discussing this topic in my Facebook group called Here to Thrive. And if you want to join that group, you're absolutely welcome. I'll make sure that there is a link in the show notes so that you can know where to find it. But I mentioned this and just asked for some thoughts from the group around what they wanted to know about stress and how they were feeling stressed and what was getting in their way. And I was overwhelmed by the responses. I didn't expect there to be so much discussion around this and it really helped me recognize how big a topic and how important this is in so many of your lives. And so I'm going to be doing a two-part series here on stress. Today I'm really going to address some of the ways we can understand our stress and through understanding what's going on with us, it gives us the power to know how and where we can make a difference. And so today in this discussion, I'm really going to focus on understanding stress and the mechanisms. And then the follow-up part two podcast, which will be released next week, I'm going to go into more of the coping strategies and mechanisms that you can maybe try to apply to your own life to make a difference. And I'm going to answer a lot more of those questions really directly that came through from the group. So a little bit of my background, if you haven't already listened to some of the previous podcasts. Before I was in life coaching, I was a registered psychologist in New Zealand, but I wasn't a registered clinical psychologist. I was an industrial and organizational psychologist. And the reason I chose that path was I didn't find my interest in psychology and the mental illnesses. I was really interested in everyday functioning and how everyday life seems to bring us down. And I recognized in my early 20s, when I was going through university, how much stress there was in the world. And it was something that really uh, piqued my interest. And so I went into industrial and organizational psychology because I really only had two paths open to me at the point at that point. Um, to pursue a serious career in psychology and it was the industrial and organizational psychology or business psychology that allowed me to really look at stress more. So I did specialist papers in stress in my master's thesis and then went on to do my entire research project which was a year-long research project focused on stress and well-being as well as emotional intelligence. So this is an area that I know 
the technical stuff really well around. But it's all very well to know the technical stuff. What really matters is making that approachable and understandable because the science doesn't matter if we can't make it work in our lives. And so I'm going to just discuss a couple of different stress models with you right up front and get a little bit technical, but I, I want you to be able to step back from what's going on in your own lives and be able to kind of take a more theoretical view so that you can see where your power lies really when it comes to stress. And so one of the first models I want to talk about, and and I know I, I wrote a blog post about this when I first started my blog, and one of my friends actually reached out to me and said, you know what, that's exactly how they discuss stress and pressure in my little girl's preschool, which I thought was brilliant. I was like, if only they were teaching stress and coping mechanisms in preschool back when we were all there, perhaps I have hope for the next generation. And that's the bucket model. And it really is very simple. So if you were to imagine having a bucket full of water and the water is your well-being or your sanity, for lack of a better word, how good you feel in your heart and your spirits, how happy and relaxed you are, and you want a full bucket. It goes along with that same analogy, you can't pour from an empty cup. And again, you can't water the garden from an empty bucket. It's the same kind of idea. So you want a full bucket, you want a full cup. The stresses or demands we have in our life, they are like holes in the bottom of our bucket. They do draw our energy and our resources away from us. So if you can now imagine a bucket with a whole heap of holes drilled in the bottom and there's water leaking out, and the more stress and pressure or stressors, I call them, or demands and pressure we have on us, the more holes you have in the bottom of your bucket. And so in order to keep your bucket full, the more water you need to be putting in the top. And this is all of your coping mechanisms. These are all of the things that revive and restore you. This is the stuff that makes you feel better, that fills up your energy. And so... When you've got drains on your buckets, and we all have drains, yes, some of us have more, but we all have drains coming out of the bottom of our buckets. The more you've got pouring out of the bottom, the more you need to be putting in to top yourself up and still be feeling okay. And the problem is when our buckets start to run dry or we start getting low on water, that's when we start really feeling the effects of stress or pressure. That's when we feel tired, depressed, anxious, worrisome, snappy, exhausted, sad. You know, stress is, is no way to live. It's when we often feel like we start to lose hope and can no longer see where to turn, how to get out. When, we're, when you're really in the depths of stress or overwhelm, it is burnout, as we probably commonly know it. It is tough uh, to see that light at the end of that tunnel, especially if you've still got the drains and nothing going back in. And so that's the bucket model. 
And it can just be a really nice way to conceptualize and understand what's going on and to stop yourself and think, am I putting enough back in? And that's why I'm so passionate about self-care because if there's nothing going into that tank, then there's nothing to give. You can't pour from an empty cup. And I know so many of us have been functioning on next to empty for so long that we get used to it and we think it is normal, but it is not. I promise you it is not. So don't ever forget to think about what you're putting into your bucket. That leads really nicely into the next way to think about stress. And I'm sure many of you have come across this little clip on Facebook or social media or passed through email, but it's that story of, I think it's about a psychologist who stands up in a class and says, with a glass of water half full, and says, how heavy is this glass of water? And, you know, people start yelling out, I think it's this heavy, and someone else says, I think it's this weight. And before long, the psychologist says, the weight of the water becomes irrelevant. What is more important is how long I am holding this weight for. And it reminds me of, you know, that story or that idea that it is the last straw that breaks the camel's back. We've all heard that saying. And it comes from the fact that it doesn't matter how heavy that glass of water is. What matters is if you're trying to hold it out for five minutes, because five minutes we can all handle. Then if you take that to an hour, your arm's going to be starting to get sore. You add it up to three hours, you're going to be getting really sore. And the weight of that water is going to feel really heavy. And the whole idea around this is, Stress builds up. And so if you don't manage it at the time and you just slowly let that tank go down a little bit, go down a little bit, go down a little bit, it starts to feel heavier. The pressure starts to feel more stressful. And this is the issue with chronic stress. And so chronic stress can sneak up on us because it is little by little by little by little until we're breaking. And this is where it's really, I think it's really important to set up a sustainable lifestyle and to have your lifestyle and your balance, to consider that, to think about it, to be intentional about what your life looks like. Because the danger is, if you don't think about this kind of balance and what you want out of life and what you need to stay happy, then slowly by slowly by slowly, you will build up this heavy weight of chronic stress if you're living at a low grade level of stress all the time until one day you're still knocking on the door of burnout. And that can often sneak up on people when they've been coping for so long and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like they can cope anymore. It is literally the straw that breaks the camel's back. And so again, I just really encourage you, if you know that the stress you feel like you're living with is unsustainable, to 
to really be honest with yourself about where you can make changes. The third model of stress I wanted to talk through with you is a lot more scientific and it's what I based my thesis around. And I'm not going to go into the complexities of it because it's a very um, psychological model and less prone to <laughs> to explaining in a, in a simple way to make um, a point than the other two like I just have. But it's called the cognitive appraisal method of stress. And you can look that up if you want to. I'll put a note to, to Wikipedia and um, the show notes. So if you're really interested in the idea of the cognitive appraisal model of stress, you can have a look at it. But the key parts to this are that what we think about stress in our head and how we appraise a level of pressure is crucial to the outcome. So what I mean by appraise is two different people can face the same situation. One person will look at that and find it overwhelming, whereas another person will look at that and see it as a challenge that they can rise to. And how they cope and the outcomes they experience absolutely are affected by how they viewed the pressure situation. And another really important part to say about that is there's something called eustress, which is good stress. And I think that we all immediately assume and probably have been taught in the last little while and the last few decades that stress is bad and we don't want stress in our lives and we need to avoid it. But the reality is a little bit of stress is what helps us grow. And without a good amount of stress or pressure, you will never push yourself to your potential. And so I don't believe in saying, no, we don't want stress. No, we don't want pressure because it's about getting the balance right. And this is where you have to be really accountable for your own life and be really firm around your boundaries and make sure that you're not giving more than you have to give. And only you can control that. And I know that might sound harsh and tough because it's very hard for anyone else to really protect you when they can't see or perceive how you're feeling inside. But going back to this appraisal model, so the other part of this very technical model is that stress is an interaction of things. So it's not just as simple as the bucket model makes it sound. But what comes in is how we perceive our stress or our mindset, how optimistic we feel, how much we believe in ourselves to take on the challenge, and also the types of demands or stresses we're facing. Again, different demands or different stresses create different levels of worry or stress or anxiety in us, again, dependent on our coping resources or how we perceive that. So there are our stresses and the stuff that causes us the pressure or the demands on us. And then there are our coping mechanisms. And they are also part of the equation with how we feel about our stress on if it causes us problems. 
And by coping mechanisms, there's some famous ones out there um, that have been shown in the literature to really help. And I'm going to talk more about how to practically apply these to your own life. But one of the coping mechanisms that is very clear is social support. And what that means in non-psyche terms is friendships, relationships, having people that you can offload and talk to and trust and have hear you and give you that support that you need. It might be the pat on the back or the ability to give you the compassion that you may not be showing yourself. But what the research does demonstrate is that social support or close relationships help insulate us against stress. You will know in your heart of hearts what are some of the coping mechanisms for you. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Many of them are very logical. We're talking about getting the right amount of sleep. We all feel awful when we're exhausted. And I think that the tides are changing. Thanks to people like Ariana Huffington and her book, The Sleep Revolution. Um, But the tides are changing and... It's no longer quite the badge of honor that it used to be to be able to pull all-nighters and work yourself into the ground. I do think there is a change in the way we are viewing exhaustion and recognizing that it does nobody any favors. So sleep is a huge part of it. There's also your physical health and another coping mechanism that many people use to help relieve stress is exercise or that physical exertion. I like to think of physical exercise as literally being able to move the energy and that mental tension to move that energy through and out of our bodies. And so that's how I think of exercise and helping us. And that's just a a mind picture, I guess, I create for myself. But Exercise really does help a lot of people to reduce their stress and levels of anxiety or mental energy and worry. There's also what I would sort of frame as energy building activities. And when I say that, I mean self-care. And I have a a blog post, which I'm going to reference in the show notes, and it will also be on on my website at www.thrive.com dot how h-o-w forward slash podcast six and that just outlines how you can really identify those things that are energy building activities for you or I call it and if you've done my self-care challenge you'll be well aware of this but your light you up list the things that bring you alive what are the self-care activities or hobbies that make your spirit feel revived and restored. And they are such important things to help you with the coping. And that's why they're important. That's why it's not selfish. Research has also suggested that many people derive strength and can cope better when they have a spiritual view or practice spirituality. And that's about being able to find their meaning in the story. And I'm sure you'll get a feel for that as I go through these podcasts and that I do take quite a, you could term it spiritual, approach to things. I believe 
that there is always a reason. I believe in a greater purpose to what we're going through in life. And that helps me cope. That mindset helps me deal with pressure better because I can step back and believe that everything is happening to me for a greater purpose. One of my mantras and a great one to use, and I think I've mentioned it before, but everything is happening for me, not to me. I'm just going to repeat that. Everything is happening for me, not to me. And when I refer to for me, I mean for my spiritual growth, for my soul's growth, for my personal growth. There is always a lesson for me to learn. I am always developing in some way. I am becoming a bigger and greater version of myself through the pressures that I face. And I think that most people would agree with that, that you can choose to use the pressure in your life to be the fuel that helps you grow into your greater self. And so that's very much the attitude I take when I'm facing pressure. And I really frame that as a spiritual viewpoint. And that doesn't have to be a particular religion. It can be. Absolutely, it can be. You can find that kind of reassurance in Christianity and Judaism, I'm sure in other religions that I'm less familiar with. But by believing in something greater than yourself, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit that you've got to have everything perfect all the time. Finally, there's the mindset stuff. And by that, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. But there's another really psyche term called the locus of control. But what that really just means is whether or not you believe that you have the power to create your destiny. It's whether you believe that you have the power to mold your life or that life just happens to you. And it is another important part with how people cope with stress. Because if you believe that you're in the driving seat of your life and that you have the ability to control and make changes and step into the best version of your life and that you've got the power to create that, you cope a lot better with pressure. Whereas if you believe that life happens to you and you are a victim of circumstance, you're a victim of life if you like, then it tends to get you down if you don't think and when I use the word victim I'm not trying to sound harsh or cruel it's but it's believing that you don't have the power to make a change that that you're stuck that you're powerless and that victim when I use the word victim I just mean that feeling of powerlessness so there really are two different ways that people can approach life and stress and and the pressure that comes on that I can take control of this and I have the power to create my life as opposed to I have no control over this, life is happening to me and pushing me around with it. And those are very, very different ways of looking at the world. And that absolutely comes down to your mindset. And I'm sure some of you listening to this are thinking, 
oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. And I really just hope that this podcast helps you think a little bit deeper about how you are approaching the world because it's knowledge that gives you the power to do it differently. By being aware and conscious of these ideas, it will help you do things differently if you want to or if you see room for your own growth. Having the knowledge is part of the development. You're halfway there. Oh, okay, so talking more about mindset and how important it is in coping. The other thing is having that positive attitude. And look, don't get me wrong. I know that it's all very well to be a box of fluffy ducks all the time. And it's not realistic, especially when the pressure feels like it's bringing us down. But you can foster and support yourself to be more optimistic. And I encourage people to really surround themselves with positive, uplifting, and and optimistic messages. And I talk about this as sort of curating your newsfeed or choosing what information you allow into your space. And I've written a blog post before about how I no longer watch the news because I didn't need the crap in my head. Since I started writing a blog and made it my sort of life's journey to share positive information with other people, oh my my, has, that has massively impacted also on my mental state and my well-being because the information you surround yourself with matters. And so if you are surrounding yourself with positive thoughts and positive messages, you will take that on board. Your subconscious mind will lap that up. And so I would absolutely encourage you to follow social pages that bring you up, to make a Pinterest account when you pin inspirational quotes, to look for other Facebook pages or groups that you can be involved in that are going to be the little bright spark in your newsfeed and your social media, or to go on Instagram and find a whole heap of positive accounts that make you feel good and inspired and happy. All of that helps in your mindset and the optimistic world of you you create. Don't underestimate its power. Finally, and if you have my eight steps towards a thriving life mini guide that I have, um, and if you don't, I'll put a link again in the notes, um, but gratitude, oh my my, if you do nothing else, gratitude. It's like a wonder bullet. See, my whole mood changes when I talk about gratitude. (laughs) Look, this one has come out in the uh, positive psychology research, the power of practicing gratitude and what it can do to your life. I often explain it to my clients as changing the lens and the lens in the way you look at the world. When you're looking for the crappy stuff, and you focus on the crappy stuff, all you seem to feel like you see is crappy stuff. When you consciously decide to start looking for the good stuff, you start to see it. And it takes practice, and it is like retraining your brain. But even when you're in your 
stressed out and most stressed out times. By stopping and consciously practicing gratitude, you can still hold on to the moments that bring you joy. You will see them. You will still see those moments and recognize the good stuff that's still going on. And that in itself helps fill up your well-being tank. So it's not even a massive action. It's about adjusting your focus and recognizing the stuff that is filling up your well-being tank and savoring that, really sitting with it and appreciating that. And those emotions can help insulate you against the really bad outcomes of being in a stressful situation. So just to go over those again, I feel like I've shared so much um, in here already. So I just want to do a little recap. um, And then I think I'm going to come back and really dive deep into the questions that the audience had in the next episode. So in terms of a recap, I talked about the bucket model of stress or the the cup, if you like, that you can't pour from an empty cup and your bucket needs to be full to be happy. And so, like I mentioned, there's always going to be drains coming out the bottom. You're always needing to pour. So that means you always need to be topping up your well-being tank or your psychological health tank, if you like. I then went and touched on the idea of that psychologist holding that glass. And it the problem is not how heavy the glass appears when you first pick it up, but how long you hold it for. And that really demonstrates that idea of chronic stress or how little by little it can build up on you. And then finally, I talked a little bit about the more complex model of stress, which highlights that it's an interaction between a person and their coping resources and the way they perceive the world. And how you can change those things and be less stressed when you're also facing the same pressures. Those are the areas you can change. And to highlight that, in terms of upping your coping resources, you maintain your friendships. Often when we're stressed, we let our friendships sort of be the first thing that we don't give energy to when they can be one of the best things to help us and insulate us. So maintain your friendships and keep close to your family and your support network. Practice self-care, those energy building activities that lift your spirit. And I'm going to put a little note I mentioned in the notes so that you can find a blog post that really talks you through how to identify what those things are for you. Investigate spirituality and thinking where do I fit in this piece and what do I believe about the world? Because I personally know that my views have really helped me deal with stress and pressure better. Your attitude matters so that do your best to surround yourself with positive information. Please make it part of your daily routine. It doesn't just need to be my site. Of course, I would love it if it was my site and you had that on your list, but there are so many people doing such great things out in the world and putting out so much positive information. So do your best to make that a part of your day and 
utilize that information that's out there. Another part of it is recognizing how you believe life works. And it touches on the spirituality idea again, but whether you believe you have the power to change your life and you're in control or whether you feel like life is happening to you and blowing you around. And I encourage you to think about that and don't beat yourself up here. I just encourage you to think about it because if you do feel like maybe you're believing that life is blowing you around and you don't have any control, I want you to know that you do. Oh my, my, you do have control. And that is somewhere that you should start focusing your energy into putting some belief into the fact that you can create your life. And obviously I'm a life coach and if you want some help with that, let me know. But you do have the power, you really do. And finally, if you do nothing else, gratitude, 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 gratitude. It will help you focus on the stuff that's still going well. There's always something to be grateful for. And when you adjust your focus, the way you perceive the world changes. So gratitude. Alrighty, I think that's definitely enough for one episode. So I'm going to take a little break here and um, put together a part two of this for you where I'm really going to drill in to some questions that came up in my group. And I think by going through real life scenarios and applying suggestions and ideas for you, you'll be able to get a really good feel for how you could make a difference in your own life when it comes to stress and your well-being and your psychological health. So I'm going to see you back over in part two. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me at kate at thrive.how is my email address. So flick me an email or you can find me over at my website, www.thrive.how, H-O-W. And I'll be back soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Here to Thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you could go into iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. I'll be back again next week with more tips on how to live a happier life. See you then.